The following episode of the Because Maybe podcast is rated explicit. Please be advised that the content matter is aimed at mature audiences. If your age determines that you must attend mandatory education daily, or if you find course language offensive, you are strongly advised to not listen to this podcast. By continuing to listen, you are choosing to ignore this warning. You release the Because Maybe podcast team of any and all responsibility. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? This week, we take a look at the Viewersk Universe, six interconnected movies from the mind of Kevin Smith. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe I'm not even supposed to be here today. Welcome to the show. And, you know, it is always really, really bad to show up on a day you're not working, or not supposed to be working, and then have everything happen to you. Hi, guys. Hope everybody is doing well this week. Um, once again, we're recording a little bit early, so I'm not going to have too much to talk about, but I'm joined by three out of four. I'm joined by Benjamin Tarnan from the Holodex. Ben, how's it doing, man? It's doing great, man. How have you been, John? It's been it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good, man. Long time no see. Glad to have you on board. Oh, thank you, you for, for uh, kidnapping me. I woke up in this chair. <laughs> I was told I have to talk about some movies. Uh, I will make the best of it. I appreciate you giving me at least one hand to scratch the back of my head. Uh, but we'll make it through this. Well, it's a good job I took your gag off, right? Uh- <laughs> yes, I appreciate Otherwise, this podcast would be very <laughs> silly. Uh, like sadistic Is, isn't that right <laughs> no uh, <laughs> but um we start off um with a sad 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 thing to talk about today uh any 90s cartoon fans will uh may not know the name Steven Hillenburg, but he was the uh, director the main director of Ren and Stimpy and the creator and writer of Spongebob Squarepants and yes. he passed today That's and sad news it's it's you know Ren and Stimpy was absolutely hilarious it oh, really yes. was. And, you know, I've got kids, so SpongeBob has been played in my house pretty much every day for the last 15 years. SpongeBob passed me by, but uh, h- hearing that he uh, worked on Ren and Stimpy and knowing how crazy that was, and then to find out that he's the creator of SpongeBob is not a surprise. He, he, I don't understand, right? It, it, there's certain career paths that people take that I'd nev- I've never gotten. He was a fully qualified marine biologist. And, like, he put a lot of that into into the Spongebob stuff. Like, you know... But at the same time, he was director of these weird cartoons that, you know... Like, like a talking horse uh, <laughs> uh, being thrown out of a building by firehouse dogs. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched a, a good Ren and Stampy, but I know that it was too offbeat for uh, children to be watching. That's why probably was why I they watching it. it? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Well, it was it, it was more offbeat than, than the other stuff. I mean, The Simpsons was tame compared to, to Ren and Stimpy, and The Simpsons was pretty funky the first couple of years, you know? I, okay, so if we're going to compare The Simpsons and uh, Ren and Stimpy, I think uh, The Simpsons is much more formatted along the lines oh, yeah. of a regular sitcom with that, uh, you know, the family dynamic, yeah. and then you jump over to Ren and Stimpy, which is like, it's, it's, a, it's a cat and a dog, um, sometimes the cat's a, a guy. Sometimes the cat's a girl. Some it just flip flops. They're 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 in outer space uh, in one episode. Yep. They're getting they're they're rubber nipple salesmen in one episode. 
uh, yeah, there's too much in Ren and Stimpy to get into uh, as like an intro to an episode about something completely different. But uh, if you ever have a Ren and Stimpy episode, please. Oh, I've, uh, I've got Idol Cartoons on coming up uh, next season. Coming soon. Yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we got Christmas coming up, man. I got the Christmas movies I got to do. Are you going to do uh, Ernest Saves Christmas? I'm not, but I might have to now because okay. uh, I'm uh, I'm actually doing. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, Ooh. which is my favorite Christmas movie, man, because of <laughs> because of the fact that you have Michael Caine played it straight down the line, and then it, you have and, Kermit and the Frog. He's going, surrounded hmm. by puppets. Yeah, yeah, he's got a clue. I'm talking of uh, future comments, uh, real quick. Um, just want to let everybody know that. While this is dropping on Saturday, which you were listening to, we also have episode 7 extra on Monday, or probably it'll come out Tuesday. No, wait, let me rephrase that. It'll come out on Monday, it'll be recorded Sunday night. And the reason for that is, is that me and Tara, we're going to the Century Tell Center on the other side of the river to watch The Wrestling. The wrestling. Yes. Uh, you're going to go see the WWE live. Uh, we'll have fun with that. I wish I could go to that. I think I'll be recovering from uh, <laughs> coming back from Dallas or something. Oh. I don't know. Wait, I don't know what's going on. My life is uh, just a, a roller coaster that has no end. It's just it's just p- p- point you in a direction, wind you up, and yeah, that's that's off, how man. it is. Eventually, uh, I'll run out of steam or die. <laughs> well, we don't want you to die, man. No, no, I'm, I'm still here. That's great. Because I'm on, you know, like I said before, I want to pony your energy, man. It's you know. <laughs> but all right, guys. So we're gonna jump into uh, more at the end. But uh, if you were on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look at because maybe pod. Look at the blog. Blah, 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 look three, two, one. Look at the blog because maybe podcast wordpress.com and checks out on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yes. We're on Spotify. We've got a whole lot more to come afterwards, but in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and talk about Kevin Smith's masterpiece, because it is his masterpiece. His, his shared cinematic viewist universe. Yes. We'll be right back. Review Corner. The Big Screen. All right, guys. Um, we're going to look at one of my personal heroes right now, and I keep saying personal hero because... I've mentioned this a few times before. Kevin Smith is a fantastic, fantastic movie maker, a great storyteller, and his lack of technicality is something that I buy into a lot. And what I mean by lack of technicality, right? It's not he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know the technical names of of everything, right? Right. Uh, Bruce Willis famously got onto him for not yeah. knowing the lenses when they were filming uh, Cop and a Half or whatever the hell that name yeah. of the movie was. It, it was like he he was showing his showing hand gestures and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's that one." Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm exactly the same. Like when I, when I first started uh, helping you guys out, it was like, "Hey, hand me the XL35." Says it. Oh yeah, okay. The, the blue one. The blue the one. Blue oh one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I now I know I'm a little better, but you know, it, but that's always been my thing. I've never been a technical guy, but I knew how to do it, and that's why he's one of my heroes because he's not technical in the slightest. No, he's all about the big picture, and I like that. Yeah, and and these six movies we're going to talk about. First things first. Disclaimer for all P ninety Forbes out there: we are going to be talking about two movies that came out in two thousand in the two thousand era. Can't walk away from it because. The bulk of the work is done in the 1990s, so that's that's why I'm giving this one a free pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's important because it kind of wraps everything up in a nice little bowl. It right? does, and uh, it starts with Clerks, and that to me is like the epitome of an independent film. Yes, it, shot in black and white, 
to, to save money, it made it to where they didn't have to focus on like color temperatures and yep. stuff like that. It was easier to shoot in black and white. So we go back to he's not a technical master. He found a way to make the easiest movie he could. And and that is a pretty easy move to make. I mean, there was one action scene, I think, when they had the fist fight in the store at the end yeah, of the thing. Yeah, and, and it looks like one of us filmed it <laughs> in 45 minutes on a budget of negative $15. It, it, probably, it probably didn't even take them that long, you know. Uh, <laughs> they probably spent more on the snacks they wasted than they did on, like, filming and, like, choreographing that shot. I mean, it was, it was such a great... It was a groundbreaking movie for a start, right? It was. And Kevin Smith wanted to be uh, Randall, right? He wrote all, Randall all the best lines mm-hmm. because he wanted to be Randall. Yeah. He said, if I'm, all, if I'm only going to be on film once, this is going to be my only film because I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be Randall. And that's why Randall had the best lines in the movie. And he did have the best lines in the movie. Right. You know? Every joke lands with Randall. Yeah. And just, you know... It kind of one of the reasons I think it resonated with a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. The filmmakers didn't like it that much because who's going to buy the story of convenience stuff? There's nothing that really happens. It's no. an episode of Seinfeld stretched into ninety minutes. <laughs> it's two dudes hanging out talking about Star Wars, and nothing really happens. And and I think that's why it resonated with yeah, a lot of it people. It felt like someone had walked in on you and your buddies yeah. ha- hanging out for the day. Talking about your problems and what you don't like about pop culture, and then they just like fucking slapped it on the screen. It was yeah. great. It was, it, and and that was the the best thing too. It went places that other movies didn't go into, like the hermaphrodite porn, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, it went, you know, it tried it tried to keep a mess. It tried to keep a coherent message. Right? It, it had it had a narrative. It had yeah. a story to tell, but like the story was just a framework. For Kevin Smith's, like, I guess, stream of consciousness writing style. And he wasn't high at that point either. No, I, was, I don't I believe he was, so. He, was, he, he, he said he was straight edge. Yeah, at, the, fact, at that time, he... No, that was when Jason Mewes was Jason straight Mewes edge. Straight Jason edge. Mewes right. was uh, claimed to be a straight edge uh, individual. And uh, that was before Kevin Smith left to go to film school okay. for, like, I guess a semester and a half or however long he was there. <laughs> because he, he took he got a refund on whatever he didn't use at the film school to finance what would eventually be Clerks. Dang. Um, and he met Scott Mosier at this film school. Uh, Scott Mosier was, like, a bleach blonde Beverly Hills 90210 sort of person next to Kevin Smith, who's this schlubby New Jersey bearded, like trench coated Sam Kinison esque human being. Yes. And uh, they ended up liking each other and having a, a similar sense of humor. And when Kevin Smith left film school, they had an agreement that whoever finished writing their individual movie, the other one would come help them film it. Yeah. Um, oh, God, what's this fucking. Uh, not Mosier, but he, he tried to write some movie about, like, Ian Black, Michael Black, I don't know. Michael Ian Black. No, he, no, not no. not the comedian. It, he it, that was the name of the character that would okay. eventually be in Clerks, the snowball guy. Oh, okay. He wrote a movie based around that character. Uh, yeah, it's it. I, I'm I'm paraphrasing because I don't know everything. Yeah. Anyways, safe to say, Mosier came over to Jersey to help uh, Kevin Smith with uh. Clerks, and he would eventually get the the producer credit 
and, uh, that would follow him for the rest of his career. And Kevin Smith, Smith felt bad about that. You know, he said that nobody goes to film school and wanted to be a producer. No, no. And uh, Mosier would eventually make that movie he was uh, writing, but um, I haven't seen it, and I don't think anyone else has. <laughs> <laughs> now, he is, he is the director of the new Grinch movie that came out, Mosier. Scott Moser? Yes. Oh, uh, the animated, the DreamWorks the one? Okay, well, that's Grinch. awesome. That, that, that's just such a I, random I had no idea, thing. and knowing that warms and, my heart. And I didn't even know either until, like, they flashed it on the screen, and, like, we, you know, the TV we got is a little bit big, so I was able mm-hmm. to see it, and it's like... Mosher? Mosher? Really? It's, it's the same time when I first saw the trailer for Zack and Mirror make a porno, when it said, you know, Viewerskew uh, Productions. I'm like, wait, this is Kevin Smith? Yeah, but, Seth Rogen's being directed by Kevin Smith? That's an odd, odd thing. And then Kevin Smith claims he does that because he sees 40-year-old virgins like, I've been making these movies for years. <laughs> See, the thing is, I liked um, Zack and Mir. I really did. I oh, thought, yeah. I it, was it was a great movie. movie. The only Kevin Smith movie I have, I've not watched all the way through was that god-awful uh, Yoga Hoses. All right. So. I, I, I mean, I, I got so far and I just couldn't do it when I saw the the, 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 the bratwurst in the basement. It's like, the, no. Red State was, was okay. Um, Red State was interesting. Red State had an altered ending that is more interesting than the movie itself. Listening to Kevin Smith tell that story is interesting. I'll let you go find that, listeners. Um, Red State's okay. Yoga Hosers made me angry. I was watching it and thinking, okay, Kevin Smith, he's kind of like, it starts out there in a convenience store. It's his daughter. It's Johnny Depp's daughter. I'm thinking like, all right, he's kind of making a clerks for millennials. All right. I can get behind this. I'm all about like some like something I like, but sort of like made for kids. Yeah. And then the movie started, and it got to about the halfway point, and Johnny Depp showed up speaking French with all those prosthetics on his face, and I wanted to punch my television. <laughs> I wanted to punch a movie, and I don't I don't know how that's possible. Uh, yeah, I, I was it was dreadful. And I haven't seen Tusk. I don't want to see Tusk. Tusk is a joke of a movie. He and his buddies were on a podcast yeah. and made a joke about what he turns people into a walrus. And then Kevin Smith goes and fucking makes the movie. <laughs> Which, like, okay, I don't want to see that movie because that is a stupid premise for a movie and anyone who thinks that they should make that movie is an absolute moron or a genius. It's... And I think that Kevin Smith was smarter than that movie. Well, the thing is, the difference between a genius and a moron is success. It, it's success, yeah, I guess so. And, and, and Kevin Smith has found a way to fail upwards for years. Well, here's the thing, too. that He was going to make a third movie, right? You had Tusk. You had um, Red Yoga State. Hoses. You had uh, Yoga Hoses, I'm And sorry. then there was going to be a third one called Moose Joes. Moose Joes? What was Moose Joes' no, no, premise about? Accent coming through. Jaws. Moose Joes. Moose Jaws. I'm sorry. It was the retelling of Jaws, but instead of using a shark... It's a moose. It's a moose. Uh, in Canada. <laughs> okay, so, alright, let's just, okay, does, does Tusk take place in Canada? Yes. Alright, so... It's his, he, it's his Canadian North Trilogy. Here, okay, okay, so, this takes me back to an evening with Kevin Smith where he talks about, uh, he's always felt inherently Canadian. Yes. And, uh, now he's making a Canadian trilogy. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I, do you know who John DuPont is? No, I, I'm jo- John DuPont is, uh, famously a millionaire who, uh, Founded basically, he brought up the uh, U.S.'s best wrestlers onto his compound, built them a big gym they could train yeah. and like make money off of wrestling. Right. And the whole thing was that John Dupont was just a crazy millionaire. Yeah. Who eventually became convinced that he was of Bulgarian descent because he started <laughs> hanging out with one of these U.S. wrestlers who was from Bulgaria. Oh my. Um, 
Kevin Smith has been hanging around so many fucking Canadians <laughs> that he now believes himself to be a Canadian and is now making Canadian comedy propaganda films. I'm sorry, I'm having like a like a conspiracy <laughs> moment. Well, no, Kevin, Smith, Kevin Smith is the future uh, king of Canada. You do know that, right? Uh, can they elect a king of Canada that wasn't born uh, amongst them? Well, like, Br- Britain's done it for years. I mean, the Queen's German, so, I mean, you know. Oh, really? But she's not really in charge of anything. So, like, uh, are yeah. we just going to make Kevin Smith, like, a figurehead, or are we going to give him actual power? Because if we give him actual power, he might be able to do something, like, at least entertaining. Yeah, he will. And, and Kevin Smith's got a good heart, too, though, yeah. you know. I mean, We were talking about clerks, I, yes. I, I promise. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, yeah, that, that, that's how it always goes. Just, But, um, you know, wh- the thing is, as well, right? Mm-hmm. This was, like, the anchor point of the whole series, mm-hmm. because this is the most referenced in, in all the other ones, right? Right. This takes place on day B, let's call it, right? Because mm-hmm. Mallrats takes place the day before, and Chase and Amy takes place, like, a, either a couple of months or a couple of years later. Right. So, you know, um, but, I mean, not just that, it was the absurdity of what he did, right? Mm-hmm. Hockey game on the roof. Right. Street hockey on the roof. And anyone who's ever worked retail and, like, truly checked out of your job knows is like, you know what, I, I've done that at jobs where it's just like, you know, I, I'm going to go do something else for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and if I get caught, I get caught. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey game on the roof. That was great. They closed the store to, to go, go to, the to the funeral. Well, he knocked the casket oh, over. <laughs> Did you ever see the, uh, uh, they actually had a scene in which they were going to film at the funeral parlor, Randall knocking over the casket. Now, I know they were going to do it, but I didn't know they actually animated No, they did it. not film it. Okay. What they did was um, the release of Clerks X, which was the 10th, 10th anniversary. anniversary DVD. They had the animators of Clerks, the animated series, animate that scene. And if I'm not mistaken, they actually got Joey Lauren Adams to do the voice of her character in Chasing Amy. Nice. For that scene. Interesting, right? Ooh. Yeah. That's how it keeps it all together, man. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, there's 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 a lot of, of <coughs> a lot of um, iconic pop culture stuff. Like, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here today, man. Mm-hmm. You, you, I reference that a lot. You sucked thirty-seven dicks. Thirty-seven dicks in a row. Which is <laughs> that joke is what got Kevin Smith paid on this movie, having Harvey Weinstein sit because Harvey Weinstein famously sat through the movie the first time, didn't make it past the uh, anti-smoking bit at the very beginning. Which, if he at least made it to the end of that joke. He would have got it. He would have finally got there. And then someone made him sit down and talk uh, to the point of which the the 37 dicks joke. And he turns into... In a row? Yeah. <laughs> he turns into Bobby De Niro in Cape Fear laughing at Problem Child. Like... <laughs> smoking a cigar. It's, it's great. Um, but let's, let's... I want to talk about something Go ahead. in this movie. On what... Why does Dante seem to get, like, so much play? I- I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. So he's got Veronica, yeah. which in 1994 is uh, just a doll of a, of a woman. Um, he's got the, I guess you could call her the, uh, the, the, the Sandy from Greece at the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah, she's the bad girl, who is also objectively very hot. And then we cut to Clerks 2. And uh, Rosario Dawson is chasing after this dude, who is already, like, pushing 45 in that movie. I don't know if that's true. But, uh, like, why is it that Dante, this 
just constant whining bitch of a human he's such he's a hideous chud of a human being he's constantly bitching about everything in his life and these women just like like he's just a panty melter apparently I don't understand it well yeah I have no idea where where, meanwhile we haven't seen Randall with a woman ever no he might be gay he might be we're not gonna go into that Jay is Jay is Jay most assuredly uh, uh, gay in one of these movies. Well, they, they put the they put the joke in there, right? It mm-hmm. clicks too. Mm-hmm. The outtakes because I watched that whole outtake ses- session they did, and some of those scenes would have fit in the movie, you know, to, to put them out there. And like in the jail scene, you know, it's the whole "Come on, man, hit him with some knowledge," and he's like, "I got nothing." <laughs> And then it cuts back to, to them and they carry on arguing, but in the deleted scene, it goes, oh, so why don't you fucking do something then, you know? All your answer is pussy, man. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, but it doesn't help the fact that you were a gay man trapped in, in this body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in Dogma, it was what, you know, you messed a bit more than any other person on the planet. Oh, I doesn't f- know. You think about guys. Yeah, it's, I forgot about that bit. All right, so yeah. But then again, she- he, then again he did, uh, oh, what's her name? Shannon Elizabeth? No, <laughs> I think so. Oh. Yeah, Shannon Elizabeth in yeah. uh, Jane Silent Bob. Yes. So, you know, it, it's... It, Justice, that it's was ju- her name. Yes. All right, so we're getting off track. There's too much to talk about in these movies. So, anyways, yeah. the whole moral of Clerks is that uh, Kevin Smith, uh, schlub Jersey filmmaker extraordinaire, um, uh, put himself uh, $36,000 in credit card debt to make this movie. Uh, in which his f- mother famously said, you spent $36,000 on that piece of garbage. <laughs> and Kevin's like, I never really thought about it that way. Um, and then, but you uh, know what? He bought her a nice house with it. He did. <laughs> and, and I'm sure she's very grateful for his potty mouth uh, all these years later. So Kevin Smith gets bought out by uh, Miramax. Uh, Harvey Weinstein pays him uh, like $300,000 for the rights to clerks. They slap a soundtrack on it. It gets thrown in theaters. Gets a standing ovation at Cannes. It's an amazing hit. It it is, and and the thing is, well, it was the first movie ever mm-hmm. whose royalty whose royalties they had to pay for the soundtrack mm-hmm. cost more than the entire production of the entire production of the rest of the movie put together. Right. So, like you know, that that's that's how low budget this was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it was it, it's a great it's a great movie, man. It's a, it's it's a fantastic movie. I mean, okay, we've got you know. The real element, then the surreal element, then we have necrophilia, then we have, you know, um, we have the scene where he's talking about the most ludicrous porn movie names in front of... A child, uh, yeah, he's, she's ordering Happy Scrappy, she wants Happy, Happy Scrappy, Scrappy and Europe up, <laughs> and, and he's just, oh man, uh, I, I, I've got so much to talk about on that movie, so, Kevin, uh, uh, Randall, uh, his yeah. name is Jeff... Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson. Um, he is looking at these titles of these movies and he's like, man, my mom might see these or something, see this movie. So he's like, Kevin, can we like tame these movies a little bit? Cause this is a really raunchy and Kevin Smith goes, Oh, okay. And so he's just like writes down four more titles that are even worse. <laughs> and he's like, here you go. And I think one of the things I read about that as well is that, uh, he refused to do it in front of the, the, the woman and the child. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that there was a, a so what, bit of editing there. So what they did is that he did it off in one room, and then they had Kevin Smith read the titles to this woman, mm-hmm. and her reaction is like... <laughs> what, what, what they went with. All but, right. But, yeah. but my, I mean, my favorite part of it is the whole... Um, 
the jizz mopping scene. Oh, yeah. And the reason, the reason I find that funny is, is because, yes, Kevin Smith is not technical with the equipment, right? Mm-hmm. But as they have that conversation and the guy's getting all wigged out, if you notice, he's uh, buying paper towels yes. and Windex. He, so, he is not angry at them. He is angry that they are making fun of his profession. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to come clean, so to speak. Hey. And also, uh, when I was a kid and I saw that movie for the first time, because that's um, one of the... It's the, it's the uh, guidance counselor, the shell shock uh, yeah. guy who's checking the eggs in the scene that preceded uh, the jizz mopper scene. It always struck me as odd, and I thought that that was the same person. So, like, so this dude just went over there, checked eggs, he's a guidance counselor, and he's a jizz mopper? He's like, this man has a dual life. And maybe that's why he's so broken up and he's looking at eggs all these times. He's, he's, he's so broken as an individual. I forgot about the, I, I did forget about the egg scene. Because mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it was like, th- it was the therapy for him. Mm-hmm. But, um. Uh, that woman who comes in and uh, explains what the uh, shell shock is and yeah. why he's a guidance counselor. I was watching it the other day. And looking at that woman going, is like, that looks like Kevin Smith's daughter, but this is 1994. And then look in the credits, it's Kevin Smith's sister. Oh, Looks okay. just like Kevin Smith's daughter. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I thought he had, I, I didn't realize he had a sister. I thought he had a brother. He's got oh, he's a got, lot of He's got everything. a lot of... Well, they were Catholic, so... You yes. Know, every mm-hmm. sperm is sacred, uh-huh. as, as, as we are told. Every sperm <clears throat> is sacred. Yes. So, all right. Well, that's Clerks. We'll get back to Clerks here in a minute. I'm going to let you handle a lot of this one, because I'm not truly... I don't want to say a fan, but I'm not as familiar with more rights as right. I am with a lot of the other ones. I've only seen it like twice, and okay. I can't remember the entire plot. All, all I know, I got to the, the, the bit where they walk up the escalator. As, okay. As, as, as in my memory. All where I remember the child is, gets stuck in the escalator. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ethan Sipley with the whole... The magic, magic guy. guy. Okay, so yeah. the, the, the movie goes like this. There's a... Uh, 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 running. All right, so... Jason Lee. Jason Lee is uh, playing uh, Brody. Brody. And uh, his cohort, whose name escapes me right now, uh, he and his girlfriend were supposed to go on a vacation to Universal Studios Orlando in which he was going to propose to her something she did not know. Well, um, this is where we get our first bit of extended universe. She explains to him, as they are about to leave, that her father who is the uh, production producer of a, a dating game show for teens. What is it called? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, uh, oh, God. I got to pull all this stuff up. Hang on. Truth or Date. It's called Truth or Date. I'm sorry. I didn't even have to look it up. I just remembered. He runs a show called Truth or Date. Um, the female contestant that they were going to have on that day's uh, episode is the uh, one of the illustrious 12 that Dante slept with, the person whose funeral Dante and Randall went to in Clerks. Yeah. She died doing laps in a pool because of... Um, I can't remember this actor's name. Who... who okay, so it's Jason... Jer- Jeremy Landon? Jeremy Landon. Jeremy Landon in this movie. So Jeremy Landon, uh, before this movie starts, apparently tells this contestant that the camera adds... A few pounds. Who This apparently sends her into a frenzy. She starts doing laps at a pool and dies of a brain aneurysm. Yeah. Mid-stroke. So, mid-stroke. Died mid-backstroke. Um, so now, uh, the woman whose name is... Renee. Renee is now forced to be the female contestant uh, at her dad's behest. Or is it, or is it uh, Brandy? Brandy, that's Brandy. right. Okay. Uh, who, R- which Renee, one? Renee Shannon Doherty. Yes, okay. So we'll get back to that. So... 
Jeremy London is uh, pissed off. They end up breaking up on the spot because she has to go on this dating uh, website, dating game show. (laughs) If this was made in 2018, she'd like, I have to put my profile on a dating website. I have to put my YouTube video on. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. God, I hate hate the time we live in. So, uh, uh, brokenhearted uh, Jeremy London London, leaves to go uh, uh, speak to his best friend Brody, who is asleep at whatever p.m., looks like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, wakes up to uh, Shannon, not Shannon Elizabeth, Shannon Doherty, um, berating him for not really giving a shit in their relationships. Like, you won't introduce me to your mom. It's like, she's gonna hate you. Uh, (laughs) He just starts playing hockey on Sega. That's where we get the famous line, um... Uh, Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. Um, they break up. He frames their breakup letter. Um, and then he and Jeremy London decide to go to a mall. There's really uh, not a whole lot of plot that happens in there. So they go to the mall because they're mall rats. They, yeah. are, they are our titular mall rats. Uh, they go in there and discover that this truth or date game show is actually being filmed in their local mall. Um, that's where they run into... Jay and Silent Bob from Clerks. Once again, we're universe building here. They explain that, yes, Truth or Date is being uh, held here and that Jay and Bob were planning on wrecking it for some reason. I don't really remember. Just because, why not? Because why not? And this is what my... Uh, I'm going to get to this point right now. Um, we have Clerks, a movie that is kind of wacky, but really is just two dudes hanging out in a convenience store talking yeah. for 90 minutes. To Mallrats... Which turns into a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> so, Jay and Bob's whole uh, plot in this movie is they're trying to destroy the set and keep the game show from going on. Yeah. Jeremy London then, uh, I guess, just mopes around the mall for a while. Brody meets up with his ex-girlfriend, Renee. They fuck in an elevator. They're still broken up. We're introduced to Ben Affleck, who works at the Fashionably Male, who likes to have sex with women in a very uncomfortable place, not the back of a Volkswagen. Um, uh, they also meet up with a, uh, a, a woman who is 16 years old. They make it a point to point out that this woman is 16 or 17 years old, and she is basically doing like sex data and compiling all of this uh, uh, research on... She's writing a book on male sex or something. Yeah. I don't really know. It's not very comfortable and hasn't aged well. No. Um, we'll get back to that later. So, uh... We've... Oh, uh, uh, Michael Rourke, who is um, the father of the uh, new... Game show contestant. Yeah. Is, um, has Jeremy London and Jason Lee kicked out of the mall. They come back into the mall. I think there's a bit where, uh, Jason Lee sticks his hand up his ass. (laughs) This movie is not the best in this series, in my opinion. And again, he wasn't stoned at this point. He wasn't. And I feel like he had this movie in his back pocket and they said, like, they wanted to give him a multi picture deal with Miramax. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to do this movie. It was 1995. I feel yeah. like there was other movies going around about like teenagers doing wacky Clueless. shit. Clueless. Clueless. About that so time. he's basically trying to make Clueless at this point. This may not be true. I, I'm not going to at all make those claims. It, it's a, okay. It's, it's, it's not a great movie. It's a cartoon. It, it, this yeah, this it's is a live action cartoon. cartoon. 
And with with dick jokes. With a lot of dick jokes. Mm. And at one point, Joey Lauren Adams shows up, and she's in a changing room. Also not complaining about that. No. So, uh, but yeah, Mallrats is is the black sheep of this. Thing, it is. It's not bad. It's just when you compare it to to it follows Clerks, which yeah. like man, you could have kept it simple and made it like let's do Clerks, but in a mall setting sort of thing. Like it's the state. It, it follows the sequel format, which is like it's the same movie but bigger. Yeah. And this is not the same movie. It it is bigger, but it just. I think this, this... There's too much going on, man. I think this showed Kevin Smith what he couldn't do. Yes. I mean, like, like with Jurassic Park, it's, you, you didn't think about whether or not you could, you should when, yeah. you, you know... It's the same thing with him. He, he, he kind of leapt a little bit when he should have taken a little bit of baby steps. And now it's like, ah, okay. Now, okay. I, now I know because he went back to the... the I say the original format. Right. The, the more low-key format with uh, Chase and Amy. Right. Uh, so uh, I love that movie, man. That's- Chasing Amy is great. Mall rats, basically, it's uh, two guys go to a mall um, after being dumped by their girlfriends, and then by the end of it, they're back to excuse me, back together with their girlfriends, and then they leave the mall. The magic of editing. Yes, and then it's uh, there's like uh, one of those like Porky's like where are they now montages where Brody's now the host of the Tonight Show, which in hindsight I would have really enjoyed seeing Jason <laughs> Lee be the host of the Tonight Show. Because there are days I really, really wish Jimmy Fallon would just like, Oh no, I'm blind, deaf, and my hands fell off! I can't do it anymore! Well, he's still better than James Corden. <laughs> ah, man, I, uh, James Corden... It, it, uh, wasn't he in Doctor Who for a while? No, he was um, Gavin and Stacey. No, he was in Doctor Who for a while, that's okay. right. That's all he's, I know. He, he's... Yeah, he's like, I've never heard anyone say something nice about James Corden. It's so great. We, it, it's like... <laughs> Everybody in Britain hates him. He's so like, he came over here he came to make his here, fortune? The Brits over here are like, oh, not that wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, didn't we kick you out of the last place you were in? I told you to get out of here, Corden. It's like, you know, I, I get off the plane, I look over, and it's like, oh, James Corden and Piers Morgan live here. Oh, fuck. No. <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say I still very much miss... Um, no, I miss him, but I can't remember his name. The Scottish man who uh, James Corden took his job. Oh, yeah, I know who you mean. I um, can't remember his Craig name. Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. I miss Craig Ferguson. The guy who didn't like being British. Good on you, sir. Good on you. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but, um, all right, so Chasing Amy, right? Chasing Amy. That, I think, is Kevin Smith's best movie for a start. It is. But no, it's not. It's not my opinion. That's no. not true. No. We'll get to that. Okay. And that, that's not to say nothing else comes close, but mm-hmm. I think this is his, his, his best movie because it's so personal. Right. And like Clerks, you believe the story. Mallrats' story, as I said, was just a bunch of fucking cartoony nonsense. Mm-hmm. Clerks was, was outlandish, but it was a believable story. Maybe not all happening in the same day, but right. You know how many of us, like like you said, how many of us haven't decided to just walk off a job for thirty minutes? Right. They, you no, know, everything that happens in Clerks is very much believable. Yeah. <laughs> Mallrats, nothing was believable. No, but that, back to Chase and Amy, uh-huh. everything's kind of believable again. It is, except for I don't believe that there's uh, a a <laughs> a lesbian out there with enough self worth to think like, you know what, all I need is a good dick, and I just think I'll just go back to being straight. That's the part of the movie that kind of hasn't aged well for me. No. But uh, other than that, the movie has, has a nice little 
message about like you know the heart wants what the heart wants i guess uh is its overall message yeah and it's it's not even, it's not even that right one of the reasons i like it and it's you know mm-hmm. it has you are right it hasn't aged well right mm-hmm. it, it, on the one hand on the other hand i think it's aged quite well and let me explain what i mean by that go ahead back back then right this movie couldn't be made now because in all honesty what uh, Alyssa Jones's past was was nobody's fucking business. Right. And at the end of the movie when uh, Holden like doesn't get he doesn't get the girl, he doesn't get his best friend, he loses everything based on this, this shower of emotion mm-hmm. I think that's a good message because it's none of his fucking business what she used to do. Mm-hmm. It's none of his business what his best friend th- you know, th- that kind of thing. Right. So in that way, it's aged well because in the times we know it's not my business that you're a lesbian. It's not my yeah. business that whatever. But at the time, they were trying. He-, he tried to portray Holden as a- as the good guy. Right, and uh, and that's the bit that hasn't aged well. No, if if they went back now, it would be very much he, he would have been painted in in the same in the sense that like well, I mean like. Do you think that you're the end-all, be-all of someone's life, and that, like... Yeah. Do you really think that someone is just gonna see you and just go, you know what, I'm just gonna go back to fucking everybody else, too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it does have some good... It, look, it does have some good moments, right? Mm-hmm. Silent Bob's speech... Mm-hmm. Is, is probably, classic. Is, is probably one of the, the, the high points of the series, right? Um, the Jaws comparison of sex injuries... Yes! Oh, my God! I that actually that. is pretty damn great. I love that, man. That's, you know... Um, I loved Hooper X. Oh, uh, is that the uh, What's a Nubian scene? Yes. yes. That, that, that scene had me cracking what's up. A Nubian. Bitch, you almost made me laugh. But, I mean, it's just... Cameo by uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, cameo mm-hmm. by Matt Damon. Um, Dante Hicks makes a cameo as, as one of his uncles or something like that. Right. But, I mean, it's just... It, 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 t- it tugged at the heartstrings, and it was one of the few dramas, comedy dramas, that, you know... You didn't want the good guy to, to. You didn't want the the protagonist to get what he wanted because it just didn't feel right. Right. And the reason it was so personal is because that's how Kevin Smith viewed his relationship with uh, Joey Lilla, with Joey Lauren Adams because mm-hmm. they you know they were dating at the time and a lot of what oh, they would they were dating and then he wrote like uh, he wrote Chase and Amy as his apology his I I, I don't I don't know but I mean. It was how he dealt with his his feelings, because mm-hmm. he was. I'm, I don't want to say paraphrasing, but I read that he was embarrassed that he had the feelings that he did. If that makes sense, I guess so. I mean, I always know. heard that he started writing "Chasing Amy" because uh, uh, his girlfriend went on vacation and he didn't get to go, which yeah. is on one of the Kevin Smith DVDs. I don't know if that's true. And it was Joey Lauren. Sure. Yeah, okay. So, but I mean, I, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, no, I think that's the best. But my favorite is Dogma. Dogma was my first introduction. Yeah, so that, that was where I. That was my like. It, it opened with the uh, the text about platypus. Yes, and I thought that that was a nice that that Dogma is in the same ballpark as Monty Python's Life of Brian. Yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely one hundred percent a comedy movie that makes you think. And not just unlike the life, <laughs> unlike the life of Brian. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kevin Smith is um, is a Catholic, 
And the, the joke is, and I, and I agree with this, no matter what you do in life, no matter what, you know, you could, uh, British comedian, Irish comedian, Daryl Brin said you would join the Taliban mm-hmm. and not believe in God and all you'd be regarded as a bad Catholic, right? <laughs> so, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in that pool, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, l- learning more of, um, of, of, of the kind of, the dogmatic nature of the, of the faith was was one thing, but mm-hmm. the way he handled it was with you know humor and, and action and stuff like that. But I mean, like Life of Brian, it wasn't a parody of the religion; it was a parody of how pe- the like, interpretation, the interpretation, of the re- yeah. Because yeah. Life of Brian has Jesus in two scenes: mm-hmm. the, the scene t- and the, the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. his birth mm-hmm. and the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. and both times they handled that element with respect, right. They're and, not focused on Jesus. They're kind of like the camera's over here and Jesus is over here doing Rose, his... He, he's doing his thing. Right. And then in Rose Ed, you have people like, I can't hear what he's saying. Um, I think he said, blessed are the cheesemakers. Surely that's something else. Or maybe he means all, all manufacturers pro- of dairy products. Yes. I mean, and, and that was the same thing with this. It, was, it wasn't a religion sucks, ha 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 ha, no. or religion rules, yeah, it was more... Isn't this kind of silly how we've thought about this? <laughs> yeah, he, he, it was his way of dealing with his faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of, the fu- some of the funniest crap in this movie, man, that, that he ever did, you know, um, some Hayek stripping for start. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a great scene. Yes. <laughs> stripping to Candy Girl by New Edition. That was yes. great. Um, and, uh, like, the gang members... And Jay and Bob, like, doing, like, the, the, the dueling, like... Uh, the dueling dollars. Uh, dueling dollars, yes. <laughs> I thought that was great. And then we find out she's an angel, and it just does... It kind of takes the sexiness away from yeah, it. It's like, the, oh. oh. So, so I don't manipul- know why, but that just, like, you manipulated just, like, them. sucked the air out of all of that for me. It's just like, oh, I don't want to sit and lust over an angel. I feel yeah. kind of dirty. Well, <laughs> Chris Rock. As the uh, 13th Apostle. The 13th Apostle, that's a great bit. Um, I think uh, this is where Jason Mewes shines. Yes. Jason Mewes' best work is in Dogma. And I'm not trying to knock Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, but Jason Mewes is on point in every single thing he does in this movie. And you, you know why that is. It's because he read the he memorized the entire yeah. script. He memorized the entire <laughs> script. For those who don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was battling his addictions, mm-hmm. and this is one of the times where he beat them, or, or at least he he was clean for this movie. Yeah, right. He, he knocked them. He didn't necessarily beat them at this point, but he at least knocked them. Right. Out. And um, Kevin Smith said, "Look, you know, I love you. You're my, you're my brother. You're my hero life mate, but." I mean, this is a big deal of a movie, you know? We have, we have people like Rickman coming on board. You have to be clean. You have to be so... And apparently he was the most professional of the bunch mm-hmm. out, of the, out of the whole thing. Yep. And I think because of the quality of actor that was in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Rock... Look, Chris Rock's a great comedian, but he is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda Fiorentino is a little dry in the personality and doesn't get on with anybody she works with. Right. Apparently, according to Kevin Smith, he uh, he wishes uh, instead Jeanine of... Garofalo. Yeah, he wanted to work with Janine Garofalo instead. Um, I would have enjoyed seeing that movie. That, that would have been, been good, too. Um, Alan Rickman is, is fucking Alan Rickman. Uh, this is where I fell in love with Alan Rickman. And George Carlin is a great actor. Cardinal Glick. I don't think George Carlin's dead. I'm pretty sure he's still around here somewhere. Because I, I, it's... I remember George Collins like I'm pretty sure no no he's not dead he no. was just here for a second ago no I, so, I, no he's fine that was so funny I, I, slight, slight sidebar 
he um he did a HBO special. Mm-hmm. Right, his last HBO special. Um, I think it was called "It Was Bad for You." Mm-hmm. Uh, and in one bit in there, he's talking about death. He's talking about you know I'm seventy now. I'm getting old. You know, and and uh, he's talking about death. And inevitably, you'll hear this conversation. Hey, did you hear? Phil Davis died. Phil Davis. I just saw him two days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't fucking help. <laughs> Probably meeting you made his illness worse. You were responsible for Phil's death. You killed Phil! Right? So I said that, right? Because, and I swear to God, we saw that. Two weeks later, he's dead. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the news. The news comes through. Send the wife a text. Hey, George Carlin died. Mm-hmm. And she said it. She said the text back. We just saw his special two weeks ago. Like, yeah, didn't help. You just <laughs> we killed up, George. Nice. <laughs> but um, Jason Lee's a great actor too. I think but- every everyone is on point in this movie. Like Ben Affleck uh, has this great character arc as a. Where's he? He's a um, Bartleby. Bartleby. He, he he starts out as this really sympathetic character. He just wants to go back to heaven. He just wants he to go just, home. He just wants to go home. And then after a while, you realize like he wants to go home at any cost. He doesn't. He's, he want, he knows the consequences of him going back to heaven, and yeah. he doesn't care. He, and I th- the, him and Damon's character kind of flip because mm-hmm. you want you you don't want Matt Damon to go to heaven because you know he's just randomly murdering people. Right. He's an asshole, and then all of a sudden. After the train sequence, that's where they fl- no ticket. When, when, I'm sorry, I want to get back to uh, Loki murdering people. Uh, it almost seems like, and I, there's no like malice in it when he does it. No, it, it, it's he does seem like he's having fun, but at the same time, like that boardroom scene when he's when Bartleby has just ran everybody down. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, motherfucker, Loki, gun these motherfuckers down. <laughs> Sidebar on that scene, the reason why that everyone in that boardroom is like a big burly dude, Kevin Smith originally wanted to film the inside of the boardroom, all these people getting murked, and then when he got there, he was like, I don't know how to film all that shit. (laughs) Well, see, and and that's the other thing, too, you know, it's, on the one hand, just walking up to somebody and killing them, Mm -hmm. that's horrible, but he justifies it because of his faith, because I'm the angel of death, motherfucker, you know, this is what I do, what you you're an idolater? Sorry, I gotta kill you. That's mm-hmm. my job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then he becomes sympathetic to everybody at the end of it. Gum? He gets his. That's <laughs> that's harsh. Him drunk at the end of that movie is is rough. When Bartleby uh fucking shanks him. Yeah. Also, uh, this is the second or this is the first time that uh not the last time that Matt Damon would end up playing Loki. If you remember in Thor Ragnarok, uh, he's playing uh. That like a theater version of that yeah. Loki. I just think that's kind of funny. The thing, the thing about this movie, right, is you know, it touched upon everything, right? It touched upon everything that that Kevin Smith. Is, it it was supposed to be the the end of everything, right? And maybe they would do something else, but this was supposed to be it, right? It was supposed to be the end of everything. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Alanis Morissette is God, uh, you know, just. Yep. Once again, going, on the going back to Kevin Smith thinking everything should be Canadian, he even famously said that he always thought God was Canadian. <laughs> I don't know why. He's he's really like deifying the Can- Canadians. Yeah. You notice that? I don't. I, I don't trust, know if there's I a. I, 
Good. Maybe they've got um. Maybe they, maybe they got some pictures of him. You know, <laughs> he's he's, like, he's got to like push the Canadians really hard. Just like they're gonna release the videotape of me. Uh, I don't know. Like he's like like curb stomps an old lady or something. I don't know. <laughs> that would be pretty horrifying. Oh my! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can just I can just picture Silent Bob curb, curb stomp and then no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, so he finishes up with uh, Dogma. It's a great movie, and everyone loves it, but you know what really is the breakout star of that movie? The Jay and Silent Bob characters! Yeah. Woo! I think that this was their biggest role in, it, in so far. It was. And not only that, it kind of like they were fucking heroes of this yes, movie. They were the prophets. They were the, the prophets. They uh, In the previous <laughs> movies, there's these background wacky characters. Uh, the closest thing you can call them to heroes is in Mallrats when they're helping yeah. our heroes do the thing, but they're just wacky side characters. And then uh, I am I am absolutely positive that Kevin Smith was given an inordinate amount of money to do Jay and Silent Bob Strike <laughs> oh, yeah. Back. That paid for that paid oh, for everything. Everything he bought Ben Affleck's old house with that money. Yes. I, I absolutely know that. So <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. We open on um, a, a a baby, two babies in a stroller being pushed to the front of the RST video in uh, famous Leonardo, New Jersey. Yep. Um, the two mothers just kind of leave them there as they go off and do what stuff. they do. And they then, like, hard dissolve into their Jay and Silent Bob. And that was uh, Kevin Smith's daughter it as well. It was. It was Harley Quinn Smith uh, as a young Silent, Silent Bob. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the things that that child is going to have to endure in therapy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what I... Was it? My dad was Silent fucking Bob. Right. I mean, just... um, so... The, there's probably a movie between like like Jay and Silent Bob babies to Jay and Silent Bob oh, yeah. in their 30s, uh, but it opens with them doing the famous mother motherfuck noich 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 yep. shtick. There, it's the it's what's lined Jason Lee's pockets for uh, two decades now. So uh, they get sent on a wild goose chase when they find out that there's uh, a movie being made about them. Oh wait, no, they get kicked off they, of they they're, they get they're a restraining banned, order. Yeah, they get a restraining order. They're no they're banned. From the quick stop and RST video, they go see their buddy Brody, who is no longer the uh, host of The Tonight Show. He runs a comic book shop called The Secret Stash, yeah. which is actually Kevin, Kevin Smith's, Smith's actual comic book shop. And they talks about the, the movie, and then they send him to... To Holden, Holden from Chasing Amy. And the music that plays... We haven't talked about any of the music no. from any of these movies, but I just want to touch on this one piece, and it adds... As they're going up to the to the uh, Holden's loft, and he slides open the door, and the, it's I don't know the name. Then I go. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, that that's great. I love that. I used to bump that track all the time. Yeah, I said bump that track. Uh, yes. Uh, so they get told that there's a Jane Silent Bob movie being made by Miramax. Uh, they then decide that they're going to uh, Hollywood to get this movie shut down. Basically, mall rats with the biggest screen. It is a, it is a, it's, 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 it's American mall rats. It's mall right. rats in the mall that is America. One thing I learned from uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back that uh, Affleck was the fucking bomb in Phantoms. He was the no. The, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Phantoms. No, it's not a good movie. It's not a very good movie. It's uh, uh did you ever see Mimic? Do you know what that movie is? I did not see Mimic. Okay, Mimic was a movie directed by Guillermo del Toro in 1997. I think. Think. Um, 
Mimic is what Phantoms wishes it was. <laughs> Poor Phantoms. Yeah, well, if, if we ever decide to just do like a bad movie marathon, we're like, yeah. trust me, man, we, I have no shortage of knowledge of that crap. So, Affleck's the bomb and Phantoms, they get sent off on their wild goose taste uh, to Hollywood from New Jersey to get this movie uh, uh, shut down. They run into all sorts of characters. They start hitchhiking because... No, they go to the bus first. Yes. And they find out, like, what? Since when do you got to pay to ride the bus? Didn't we ride that shit all the time for free when we were kids? <laughs> yeah. Classic Jay and Silent Bob. They quite literally are our generation's Bill and Ted. Yeah. The only difference is, is that I have n- no doubt in my mind that they would cause the end of the world as opposed to stop the end of the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, Although so, they did stop it in, in Dogma. They did, but I f- they helped <laughs> stop it. And to be fair, Jay almost oh, really yeah. did cause it. <laughs> Come pull it, big uh-huh. bird. Actually, no. Jay almost caused it, and Jay gave the like that uh, expository line of dialogue that led Linda Cardell, not Linda Cardellini, uh, fucking <laughs> Linda the, the last science, yeah, the last science to the hospital. Anyway, I got back to Dogman. Fucking yeah. clerks, Jane, Jane Silent Bob strike back. So uh, they can't ride the bus. They decide to go hitchhiking. They run into George Carlin, and it's so happy to see George Carlin, where he tells them that you have to follow the unwritten rules of the road, and that is, if you want to ride, you got to make with the head. Yep. And George Carlin blows a trucker <laughs> as he drives off into the sunset. They are then picked up by our first of our first big celebrity cameo, Carrie Fisher, yes, as a nun. Uh, uh, they, she's sitting in the back, or no, Jay and Bob are sitting in the back seat as they get picked up by the nun, and they have just been told by a hitchhiker that if you want to get anywhere along the road, you have to give people head. Uh, comedy ensues. Uh, Jay gets told to sit up front, and uh, the, the the through a bunch of dialogue, he ends up trying to perform cunnilingus on Carrie Fisher. Who then, <laughs> who then kicks them both out of her car, and they start walking, and they meet Scooby Doo gang. They do. Uh, <laughs> they uh, yes, they uh, they they keep walking on into the night, and they run into uh, the Scooby Doo gang, which I guess was a dream, because like because uh, they they meet Scooby Doo gang, they start arguing in the van. Jay and Bob like seemingly get everyone in the van high. But then it cuts to them, they're just asleep in the van. Yeah. And then that's when they decide, like, let's cut out their kidneys, leave them in a seedy hotel bathtub full of ice. <laughs> and and then like, ah but then they wake up on a on a bench. Yeah. And they're uh uh just like hanging out, and that's when they go into movies. Uh, them waking up on a bench reminds me of something that I wanted to talk to. It was like my favorite joke in Dogma. Uh when uh they're by the campfire and Jay wakes up suddenly next to Bob and yeah. goes, "No, Pete didn't come in you. I swear." <laughs> I I laugh my ass off on that. Go ahead, okay. So um, they they wake up on a park bench. I don't know whether they actually met Scooby uh, in the gang. I don't know if that was a dream or not. That's a kind of a weird bit. That's, again, these movies are cartoons. Yeah. So uh, they go to the uh, Views Universe restaurant of movies. Yes. Which um, why didn't we get a movies? Why wasn't a movies franchise ever actually licensed? He, he should have. He should have done that. He'd have made a shit we, ton of money. He would have. We got a goddamn Kenny Rogers roasters. I don't even like fucking Kenny Rogers that much. No. So they go to movies. They're about to order their food when who should they run into but Justice, played by Shannon Elizabeth, who is 
fucking gorgeous uh, to the point in which Jay gets a fucking rock hard erection that Silent Bob just puts like a cup over. <laughs> and I don't know what, like, what did he think was going to happen? Like, what did, like, dude, no, man, like, just let his <laughs> erection show. Don't put a cup over it. That's how you draw attention yeah, to it. Yeah, right? It's just like, oh, man, don't want to put this, don't want anyone to look at this. Better throw some glitter on it. <laughs> So, uh, they hook up with Justice, and they find out that they've got, uh, uh, Sissy, Missy, and Chrissy. And Sean William Scott. And Sean William Scott. Who because is they this, didn't like... Because they didn't eat enough American Pie actors to begin with. Oh, my... Uh, they got everyone from yeah. American Pie, with the exception of, like, one dude who's, <laughs> like... And, um, not Ollie Lauder. Who's the Sharknado woman? Yeah. Terror... Terror Reed. Reed. Yes. Terror... Almost a Terror Strong. Terror... <laughs> pepperoni Nipples Reed. <laughs> Um, so, they meet up with those five in their van, they, uh, throw Sean William Scott out of the van by, uh, screaming, sheep fucker, there's a deleted scene where he actually, like, zips his pants down and walks up to a sheep, uh, a terrible CGI sheep. They drive on into the night, and then we cut to something else in which we discover that those four women are actually fugitives and the they're diamond thieves they're diamond thieves but they're they're posing as uh eco-terrorists um which leads us to the monkey will fucking Farrell. <laughs> will Farrell is in this movie and i don't think kevin smith gets nearly enough credit for launching will Farrell's career because Will Ferrell is a fucking huge part of the comedy in this movie. Oh, it's yeah. not a cameo. This man fucking keeps popping up. So, uh, F- Will Ferrell shows up as some fucking environmental police or yeah. something like that. And, uh, the- no, this woman... Is this... Am I doing this out of order? Is this before or after the Diamond Heist? No, they, they, they did the Diamond Heist and they got the monkey at the same okay, time. So to they cover show- the fact of the Diamond Heist. Right, okay, so... They they convinced Jay and Bob to go into this animal testing facility to steal a monkey, or to let all the animals out and steal a monkey, right. while they are next door stealing diamonds. I don't know who zoned this block of places. <laughs> it's like, you know what? We need to put an animal testing facility right next to like a really secure bank vault. What if we need to put a monkey in a safe? What, we're going to drive 15 miles to the nearest <laughs> bank to put a monkey in a safe? No, we're going to walk across the street like yeah. God-fearing human beings. <laughs> so, the women steal the diamonds, they accidentally fart and set off an alarm, um, <clears throat> which is set up earlier in the movie by Jay saying, you girls eat fast food, don't you know that makes bitches fart? Love that line for some reason. <laughs> um, they make off of the diamonds tr- and they fra- they set fire to the van and they frame Jay and Bob for the heist and also the uh, animal releasing. Yeah. That's when we're introduced to um, not Judd Hirsch. Oh, the the he's in uh, uh, Breakfast Club. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. We're introduced to harsh. Judd Nelson. Yes. Judd Nelson is fucking harsh. Um. So, we're introduced to Judd Nelson, who's the uh, lead detective on this case, but he is overshadowed by Will Ferrell, who shows up and just makes a fool of everything. Because uh, he's they, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, what'd I say? No, 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 because he's Will Ferrell. Because he's Will Ferrell, yes, you're right. Um, and he's been carrying that character in every single movie for the next <laughs> fucking ten years. 
Um, we go to the desert where Jay has a vision of what would eventually become the, uh, remake of Planet of the Apes by Tim Burton. Uh, they decide to take the monkey. They, how do they get caught? Are they, they're in a diner with the monkey. They dress the monkey up. And they go out and they do this. Oh, they just like, no, this is me and my gay partner and our love child. Uh, oh, actually, I'm not 100% gay. I, uh, I, I, I got this baby from this real fine woman I do on the side, but this guy is 100% queer. And then he has the line, he loves the cock, which haunts fucking uh, video game chat rooms to this day. Uh, they escape the police through a series of Winnie the Pooh escapades. <laughs> And then they just, the monkey gets taken to uh, Critters of Hollywood. They have that lovely little moment where Jay's trying, or uh, Silent Bob's trying to uh, fucking charades what he's trying to convey to, to Jay. And it's like, Jay's like, look, man, just talk, man. You don't got no problem telling that stupid Amy story. Every once in a while, I just wanted to say, hey, Jay, he's over there. Or Jay, those are some really good cheese fries. <laughs> And fucking Silent Bob loses his shit on him and starts yelling at him. Um, I remember that, but that's what my they favorite. they fucking end up in Hollywood. Jay, who is bro- thinks his girlfriend is dead because of the diamond building that they were no because the van blew up in front of him. He yeah. thinks they were in the van, so he thinks his girlfriend is dead. Um, gets a ride to Hollywood with Silent Bob and a woman in a jeep who he is apparently going down on in this whole thing. That's when they. Okay, I, that's one of those moments where, like, me being me, I'm just like, oh, you're an asshole, dude. Like, your girl's been dead a day. <laughs> so, they run into uh, Tracy Morgan and another drug dealer, and I realize that they are Jay and Silent Bob West Coast. Okay. Tracy Morgan is just running his mouth with Jay the entire time, and he's got this big dude behind him who doesn't say anything. That is their, like, they are literally the same fucking characters. They even pull out the little fucking, like, drug dealer union card and start talking about they're going to go on strike or something. (laughs) So, uh, they, they get a map, they go to the, 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 the the lot where the, the monkey is, or, no, they don't, they just find the monkey, don't they? I can't remember, honestly. I think, they, like, think they just give up on the monkey and just happen across it because they crash the uh, the set of Scream 3, which had not been in production yet. No. This is 1999, Scream, or 2001. Scream 3 didn't actually come out until 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so I blame this movie for Scream 3 getting made. <laughs> because I think that fucking Wes Craven was like, I don't want to make Scream 3, and they're just like, we want you to make Scream 3. And he's like, I'm going to put Jay and Silent Bob in it. And they're like, done. And they called him on his bluff, and he did put... <laughs> Scream 3 is a terrible movie. Yes. Because they decided to go PG-13, but that's a whole other thing. That's all, yeah. So they, they find the monkey. They find the uh, uh, set in which they are shooting Jay and Silent Bob, and they run into Jason Biggs and James Vanderbeek, who are playing uh, the uh, Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Or bl- playing Blunt, Blunt Man and Chronic, Chronic in the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. They... Uh, knock them out, don their costumes, and now they're on the set of the Blunt Man and Chronic movie, and they are introduced to our next big celebrity cameo, Cockknocker! It's Mark Hamill! Hey kids, it's Mark Hamill! Applause! <laughs> uh, I really want to believe that they asked Harrison Ford to be in this movie, and he told them to fuck right off. Probably. Yeah. 
So Mark Hamill shows up. He is he is in full fucking Batman the Animated Series Joker mode. Oh yeah, it is fucking great. He's got a huge fist. He punches Jason Mewes in the dick. They have a uh, light sword fight. Don't want to say lightsaber because we'll get fucking sued. <laughs> um, they have the bong saber. The bong saber fight. Bong it's saber. fucking cool. Um, and and then the fucking oh uh, who who is it from? Uh, 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 chasing a me. Uh, Banky. Banky. Because he owns the rights to the comic. Yes, he point. owns the rights to the Blunt Man Chronic because Holden sold all of his shares. Uh, I really hate that we skipped the Goodwill Hunting 2 joke. <laughs> but, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not gonna ruin that for Goodwill you. It's, it's a really great... Excuse me. It's... Hunt, uh, Hunting season. Yes. <laughs> Applesauce, bitch. Now, they didn't ask Harrison Ford to be part of the movie according to IMDb, but... Because they knew he wouldn't do it, right? Because he's very, very straight list. Right. Man. But they did put, like, three or four different um, references to the fugitive in the movie. Really? Yeah. Because they, they're, they're on the dam at one point? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, but, yeah, they, they they actually do the whole thing where they, they, they all pretend to jump off their hang on a ledge and Will Ferrell jumps off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, um, but then again, everybody did The Fugitive. Yeah, that everybody, was a, everybody's done that. That was a really big movie when it came out. Like, yeah. And not only that, that scene was probably more famous than the movie before that movie came yeah. out because of that dumbass dummy that they used for the scene. <laughs> okay, so The Fugitive. I that didn't kill scene. my wife. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So that <sighs> that dummy that they throw off, they made a huge deal about how it was like it moves just like it's all got all the articulations no. of a human being. And you're just like, okay, that sounds like and we spent fourteen million dollars on it. It's like that sounds stupid. And then you're just like, okay, and we're gonna go shoot the scene where we throw it and it's gonna look like a person. And it's like, no, it looks like you threw a fucking fourteen million dollar <laughs> dummy off the fucking Hoover Dam, you fucking moron. Morons. And you wonder why there's an economic problem. You spent fourteen million dollars on a fucking dummy. I mean, yeah, that's it's just fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous because I mean, that movie in particular didn't need any CGI or special effects. No, it was a movie about it was a whodunit. It was a yeah. fucking Agatha Christie movie or something with with fucking guns and. Yeah. I prefer uh, the spoof movie, which was damn it. It's Leslie Nielsen. It was Leslie Nielsen. I remember of the poster. Of course it was Leslie Nielsen. I remember the poster. That's all I remember. Oh, man, I've got to look. He, his wife was killed by the one-armed, one-eyed, one-legged yes, man. Yes, uh-huh. Um, now I've got to find what, mm-hmm, what that please. is. Please. Uh, that's going to bother me. Um, but Jay and Bob end up getting the movie. Uh, like They don't stop the movie from being made. They're, it is going to be made. Banky very much uh, informs them that they, there's nothing they can do. He, they end up settling on getting half of the money when he offers them two-thirds, but Jay is such an idiot, he only takes them up for half. Um, the movie gets made. Everyone has a good time. More Stay in the Time show up, and they dance to Jungle Love. It's really cool. Credits. Roll credits. Uh, roll credits, and then it rolls through, and at the very end of the credits, of course, God is there holding the Viewisk Universe book, shutting the book, and that should have been, it could have been the end of that. I'm not going to say that. should have, because we're going to move on to what I think is my favorite in the series, which is yeah. Clerks 2. Clerks 2. Okay. Now, before we dive into Clerks 2 real, real quick, that movie was called Wrongfully Accused. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, Clerks 2, I, I, that's, okay. It's a damn good movie. It is. It's, it's a, for a start, as a, as a sequel, it could, it could so easily be standalone. It right? could. 
Um, a lot of the all of the jokes kind of wind up here, right? Mm-hmm. You know when um okay, when Rosario Dawson's calling him and he looks up and he goes God. <laughs> that was such a subtle joke. <laughs> because in God their mind, like, is a we, woman. We they, we they know God's God. a woman. We know God's a woman. We've met God, and yeah. it's like it's not anything. Of course, like Jay probably, if he was like, God, oh God, like he should have covered his ears yeah. immediately. He was like, okay, whoa, don't don't. Um, the fact that he is a sober drug dealer. Yes, he's got his blue chip, and he's <laughs> I got to earn, don't I? Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless like, it's a business owner, that's fine, yeah. The, that whole thing of, you know, why'd you get arrested? Oh, I was driving with a deployed airbag. Yeah, right. That's, Suspicion of mischief. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what happened to Muse when they threw him into rehab. He was driving a stolen car with the airbag deployed. But I heard that the reason he stole a car was because, like, he needed... He was trying to get away from something. It was... It wasn't like Jason Muse is super fucked up he stole a car with a deployed no. airbag. Like, he was trying, he was trying to, to get away from something. Yes. He was in he a just, facility that, like, was not treating him no, right at all. No. And th- that's when they put him in a... Yeah, a decent facility. facility. Um, it's Malibu! That's right. Um, so, f- so, Jersey Girl fails. <laughs> Let's just talk about that for just a brief okay. second. Cards um, on the Table. I love that movie. I I've think never seen I, that movie. It's a, okay. Why did it fail? Because of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. That's why it failed. That makes sense. Because and the thing is, Jennifer Lopez is only in the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I heard they had to cut a lot of her stuff though. Like, yeah, they, there is more of it. Ajili was terrible. Yes, right? and so their advertising this movie is as uh, what was it? Uh, J Lo and, and Affleck. You know, mm-hmm. Benefer. That's it. Yep. Benefer. The, the fucking Benefer movie. Goofiest fucking thing I hate in, in life right now. Yeah. Putting two people's names together. Anyway. There's a word for that and I can't remember. Um so that failed, but the thing is the thing is is that character, Jennifer Lopez's character, is only in the first ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. But the people who didn't see the movie didn't see that. They thought it was just another Jennifer Lopez Ben Affleck. Right. Movie. The movie was gonna fail do- because of the press before it ever came yeah. out. Which sucks. It's it does suck because you know what? It's a good. It's it's a heartwarming movie. It's uh, Kevin Smith's attempt at a John Hughes movie. And you know what? He pulled. I, I think he pulled it off. I I, I say he pulled it off. I, One of these I, days, I, I'll give it a watch. It's not. It's it's PG. It's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. So it's not. You know, it's not. Got, it's not got a full complement of dick and fart jokes. No, but I mean, it's fine. But I mean, it's his first movie without Jason Mewes. He's not in the movie at all? No. At that point, they weren't talking because he relapsed again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, his part went to Jason Biggs. Um, This was Kevin Smith's first attempt. Jersey Girl was Kevin Smith's first attempt to work with uh, Bruce Willis. Jersey Girl? Was he in Jersey Girl? No. (laughs) Do you remember Bruce Willis had the character of Bruno in the 80s with the music and everything like that? Okay. Ben Affleck's character plays a publicist. Mm-hmm. His wife dies during childbirth. He mm-hmm. comes back to work way too early, and they're advertising this new up-and-coming musician, and he snaps and says, nobody's going to fucking remember him in, in two years' time, and God damn it, blah, 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 blah. Kevin Smith wanted that to be Bruno and use Bruce Willis. Didn't work no, out. No, I'm sure that... Uh, Bruce Willis t- strikes me as the type of person that doesn't like the joke to be on him. No. So, they change it to Will Smith. I already was in that movie, so that makes sense. So, Will Smith shows up as Will Smith, mm-hmm. and he's not playing like a caricature of Will Smith. He's not playing... He's just playing Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Now, he's scripted, obviously, but I mean... Um, 
the end of that movie sh- shows the, um, Affleck's character. He's trying to get back into the publishing business because he misses the lifestyle and stuff like that. Right. And he meets Will Smith and Will Smith starts talking about his kids and how they're the most important thing to him and everything. And then he goes back and lives his life as a humble whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Roll credits. Liv Tyler in a bra. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> uh, George Carlin's in it. George Carlin's probably great. George, no, George Carlin played Affleck's dad and was George Carlin. Yeah, uh, George Carlin. You can't have George do anything except be George or he, Mr. Conductor. He was, he was, a, he was a sarcastic, uh, acid-tongued father with a heart of gold. I love it. So, George Carlin. Um... But because of how how it how it failed, mm-hmm. I don't want to say failed, but because it flopped, it, it flopped. Mm-hmm. wasn't a bad movie. It just didn't resonate. Right. He went back to the well. Made Clerks Two had to basically plead Jeff Anderson to come back. Oh yeah, Jeff did not want to do it. No, um, and then <laughs> he's the rumored pullout for Clerks Three. Is he? Yeah, which. Okay, that's fine. I mean, he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to do Clerks too, and he just he doesn't like to be associated with the character because he because got, Randall's kind of a shithead, and he got typecast very quickly. Yeah, because that distinctive voice mm-hmm. and you know and the way he pulled it off. But apparently, Jeff Anderson is like the complete opposite of Randall. I, I believe that. <laughs> but Which, uh, I mean, like he made that character so well, and it it fucking like he, at that point you should just like fuck it, I'm Randall. I should just become this character. Right. And I think th- what made Clerks 2, right? Everybody was expecting it to be, you know, 36 more dicks. I'm still not supposed to be here today. Yeah. And they didn't do any of that. No. Nope. Which, which I'm glad for. Although they did make a nod at the end of the movie. It's like, you're not supposed to be here today. Ha 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 ha. Because <laughs> it's our business now. Yeah. They really didn't repeat the same jokes. I know. I very much appreciate that. Um, Elias. Elias is great. Elias is a great, uh, like, third uh, per. He's. The butt of every joke. He is, and it's... I think he's there because they didn't want it to be... They needed to put Dante in a position of power over Randall, so they needed to put someone... Under Randall. Under Randall so that he could keep... He needed someone to kick, because he can't keep... It gets old watching him kick Kick. Dante. Uh, Pillow pants. (laughs) Pillow (laughs) pants. The fucking pussy trolls. Yes. Okay. So pillow pants and Listerfiend. Um Yes. They okay. wanted to film a scene where they showed the trolls. No, that was that was Harvey Weinstein. What they wanted that? Harvey <laughs> Weinstein wanted, it and Kevin Smith was like, "So the joke is you don't see it." Yeah. Right. So, you Do know. you want me to, to just have Muse dressed up like a troll? Like, <laughs> can, can I at least keep the wooden pussy? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> just like a big like they just like take the biggest lot they have out there, just build a big like <laughs> ceramic vagina for him to sit in. I don't think he I played. The, I think he played the troll as well. In, yes. in, when they filmed it, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't work. We need to no. cut it out. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Thanks for telling us to film this. Um, <laughs> the. The thing that really made me happy is when the movie opens. It's like they're still they were still working at yeah. the fucking quick stop in RST. And then it's on fire and it goes from black and white and it fades into color and it's just and, and it's almost the movie's way of saying is like, "Hey boys, reality just kicked in yeah. and now y'all got to go into the real world." And, and they jump straight into fast food. And, and they ju- jump straight into the fucking fast food workers, which, like, I'm sure that if you've ever had to work fast food, you don't feel... You no. don't want to be there. No. Nobody wants to work fast food. 
And the fact that, like, fuck it, pay them 15 bucks an hour. I don't want to fucking do it. No. No, for the love of God, like, if you don't, if you don't believe they deserve that much money, work it a day. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's a pain in the ass, and it never stops. Well, he, he's, he, he's my thoughts on that. People are against $15 an hour as a minimum wage mm-hmm. because they don't want to be making, they don't want to be paid a minimum wage salary. Okay. In that, in that mentality, it's so, like, yeah, it's, I, I'm going to be paid, wait, my job is not, my job went from highly skilled to being paid minimum wage. What the hell? It, it, yeah. how, how about we can say we, we need to get the You'd call verbiage it, right and yes. start calling it a living, living wage, wage which is fine. But, so, but uh, I'm for it, by the way. Yeah, me too. Curiosity. So, quick stop and RST burned to the ground, and they missed an opportunity for a good joke, which uh, when when Randall walks in, he's just reading, and he doesn't even notice that yeah. everything's on fire and burned, and he walks in, and they push him back out, and he looks, and he goes, and he sits down next to uh, Dante, and he goes, terrorist? And I, <laughs> and I like, I, even in, in 2006, I even thought it was like, Joke. I, I left the fucking coffee pot on again, didn't I? <laughs> I wanted him so bad to just go, you left the coffee pot on again, didn't you? And yeah. then Dante go, no, you left the coffee pot on. <laughs> just, and then I realized the- like that would have been the dynamic that they had in the Clerks, the animated yeah. series. It, that bit right there, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was a good, this is not going to be the same movie, mm-hmm. but it is going to be the same movie. You know, it, it mm-hmm. brought familiarity and everything like that. Um, the thing about the thing about that movie is right, and Randall hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Right, we wasted our lives in a fucking convenience store. No, I got paid to hang out with my friends mm-hmm. and watch movies all day. Yeah, right. I mean, life you know, well spent. Oh well, well, you know, you need to earn a proper job and everything like that. Well, as long as you're paying your bills. Yeah, right. It's, it's like making a living is what you make of exactly. it, man. Exactly. It's like, like we were talking about with Chase and Amy earlier. It's none of your fucking business right. what I do. As long as I'm paying my bills, you know. I'll define my success, god damn it. And and that's the thing. Randall considered his life a success, mm-hmm. whereas Dante constantly felt like a failure because he was looking at it from he was doing what he was thought told. he was supposed yeah. to. Yeah, like he was going to become manager of a, a car, car wash. wash. Yeah, which would have just been a front for drugs. We all know that car washes are fronts for drugs. Everyone knows that. So, Except Jimmy's Car Wash. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are they a sponsor of the show? Well, Jimmy's Car Wash will detail your car. Um, so, uh, after the quick stop uh, and RST burned down, Randall and Dante get jobs at movies. We're yep, back at movies. Back at movies. Um, and uh, Randall does not get promoted. It was clear to me that Dante got promoted. Yeah. Randall still doesn't have a car. Dante has to go pick him up yep. every morning. They play that wonderful Talking Head song yep. uh, covered with daisies. I think it's what it's called. Um and uh, they drive to work, and it is very clear that Randall has not grown up. Nope. And uh, Dante has not grown the stick out of his ass. Like he's Dun- very uptight. Dante is still shitting. Is still shitting. He can't get off the pocket. Exactly. He 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 can't make the decision. So uh, Randall has a fiance. Not Randall. Dante has a fiance who uh, he's got to uh, yep. move away with and take over one of uh, her father's uh, car washes. Yep. Leaving Randall behind. And it is very clear the moment you know this that Randall does not like this. No. Um, uh, we meet uh, Rosario Dawson, who... Where were we? Dawson. Wait, Becky. She's Becky. Rosario Dawson. At peak Rosario Dawson, I've never seen a more attractive Rosario Dawson in my entire life. She, she is fine. So, um, and, and why... She, why... It, this is how I know Kevin Smith is a fucking fantasy writer because okay. he always writes these 
insanely gorgeous, beautiful women to just like bang these schlubs of human beings, which like in my own experience is like, I'm a schlub of a human being and I'm pretty sure that my girlfriend used to be a model. What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, you've seen Trollbuck. I guess so, but at the same time, it's like, Brian O'Halloran, I love you to death, man. I got to meet you one time, and I love you, but there ain't no fucking way that you're pulling Rosario Dawson. Pro- Brian, Brian, if you're listening to this, do me a favor, man. Prove me wrong. And if you do prove me wrong, I, I will eat one of my shoes. There you go. Only one of them, because I have to eat the other shoe because AJ Styles became WWE champion. Oh. Now I'll get into that later. Yeah. Me and my big mouth. <laughs> so I, uh, I love the Becky character. I think th- I think that. Character oh yeah, is she's she's fantastic. great. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, like this is the person that Dante needed his entire life. Yeah. Which I guess kind of puts a message out there. It's like, hey, you know. You never know when that right person's going to jump into your life, so don't settle for something that you know isn't what you want. Exactly. Because um, that, that whole movie, he's he's still, like... He does not. Going along with the flow of mm-hmm. everything. Oh, he followed is... Randall to movies. He mm-hmm. He's getting married. He mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily want to get married. But he's getting married because it's the right thing to do. He's going to do the cow wash because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Randall is peak Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Helen Keller and Frank <laughs> scene... <laughs> I, the first time I watched it, I was like, can't do that, can you? Can't, yeah. yeah. No. And then I watched the second, and I, it was actually a real, real funny commentary mm-hmm. on how the internet is full of fucking trolls. Yes. Uh, just horrible, horrible people. people who just can't wait to get a rise out of people. Like, that's why I don't read. Just no. whatever you do, don't read the comment section. No. On anything that you find, don't read the comment section. It's so, just going to make you angry. Sometimes I do just to just to remind myself. Mm. You know, that I can't yeah. deal with these people. I, I I had to remove myself from the online world. Uh so Dante about to leave, and so Randall has this big plan. He's going to give him a big sending off party. So he's planning. On booking a donkey show, yeah, Kinky Kelly and the sexy and the stud. sexy stud. So Elias is in on this, and he's like, "Don't you tell anyone, or I'll brain you." So he books this Kinky Kelly show. Jay and Bob are still doing their their shtick outside, selling weed. Uh, uh, Dante and uh, Becky have a dance scene on top, set to a Jackson Five song, ABC, ABC, and then there's a big like Bollywood yeah. dance number. This is when I. Uh, this is the head scratcher of the movie for me. It's like okay, I f- I felt like that Kevin Smith wanted always wanted to direct a dance yes. number, and he, so he just wanted to put it in the. He, he actually said that the he knew how it was started, he mm-hmm. knew how it was going to end, and he knew he wanted a dance scene in there. <laughs> and I think that the 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 dance scene was. He he couldn't okay, Brian O'Hara, love you, dude. He's not the greatest of greatest actors, right? And at the time when Becky was doing the dance, the ABC song, you know, mm-hmm. and she's and he's got that look on, he's got the look mm-hmm. on his face. Yeah. Like at that moment, he, Kevin Smith said, at that moment, that's what I wanted to picture. I wanted to picture him completely and utterly in love with this person, mm-hmm. and he's just realizing it, right? And the dancers outside doing all the moves and everything was supposed to represent his euphoria. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you. This, yeah, it's totally turning into a Bollywood number. I got yeah. you. Um, so. Uh, 
Dante discovers that he is absolutely in love with Becky, and that's when Becky drops the bombshell that she's pregnant! Oh my god! May your first child be a masculine child. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so great! Uh, he just can't... He, he does not know... Rand, he, he, can't, he can't do it. Yes. He, well, poor fucking Dante, he just can't... Uh, keep it to himself. He has to go fucking tell his best friend that, like, oh my god, I got a girl pregnant, and his fucking best friend. And it's not my fiance. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fucking fiance. And then uh, they have a falling out. Uh, Becky leaves. This is after there's a Jason Lee cameo in which they do the. Uh, oh my god! I can't believe we didn't touch on this. So, take me back. Oh, um. Yeah. So. I don't know if this is supposed to be funny, if it's satirical, if it hasn't aged well. No. I just know that watching it for the first time in theaters was incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, uh, not only does he like keep dropping the thing, but then he drops the N-bomb in the middle of that. It's just like, oh my god! It's like, it's like when Tarantino yeah. writes all that stuff, and you kind of like... Dude, Quentin, what are you fucking doing? And I get it, it's a big joke, haha, we laugh, but, um... It's, it's... We live in a world where a lot of people don't get jokes, and so when you do racial stuff like that, it hurts. Yeah, (laughs) it was, I think... Look, I'm not saying Kevin Smith's audience is not the most intelligent folks in the world, because they are, they are really, really intelligent. They are, but they're also... And the Kevin Smith audience got the joke. Right, but there are people out there who, who are watched, not, who are watching it for the first time, who and watch Chasing Amy and think that's what you do to change a lesbian's mind. Yeah. Like they don't get the overall joke. The, they're, they're, it's, it, it flies over their head, and, and they subtlety is not their strong point. Right. And so, um, excuse me. So, uh, we're gonna come back to the movie now. Um, yeah. Becky leaves. I believe. Dante goes out looking for, like, no, Randall sends Dante, no, you gotta go find your man, like, cause Kinky Kelly shows up. up. Uh, Kinky Kelly shows up, um, he lets them go set up into the restaurant, uh, fucking, uh, Dante drives around listening to Smashing Pumpkins, and then comes back to the restaurant having not found Becky for, like, I I don't know where he looked for her, (laughs) cause he just like, yeah, I was like, ah, I looked everywhere I thought she would, um, oh, how but, divine! How about fucking uh, time? Uh, well, the the light has. Sh- I'm I'm just ascending to the heavens. All right. Uh, so uh, he comes back to the restaurant, and they got they got it black lighted out. They're gonna have the bachelor party they always wanted, yeah. in which it is a donkey show. Problem is, is that they booked the worst donkey show. <laughs> I I say the worst donkey show, having never seen a single no, donkey no. show. This may be the best donkey show. I don't know. The worst donkey show they could have imagined. Right. Because uh, it was King- completely opposite of what they right. wanted. They wanted to see a woman uh, blowing and getting railed by a donkey. What they got was a male donkey getting railed by, by Michael Chiklis from The Shield, I guess. <laughs> uh, so that's going on. It's a hor- It's fucking hilarious and horrifying all at the same time. Becky comes back to the uh, to the store. She can't look away. The- the Why did the sh- cops show up? Because the smoke machine, he right? The store was on fire. Right, because there's so much smoke, the uh, store looks like it's on fire, and, and the, the fire department shows up. And Randall has for like uh, life on the back of his uh, uh, work uniform. There's a huge. Yeah, they all. Everyone gets arrested, except for Becky. Who's. 
Who, who noped out of it. I guess just so like... she hit the cops coming? She's like, I'm... I'm a pregnant woman who had no idea what was going on here. Arrest them. Oh, and um, Emma shows up, throws a cake yes, in Yes, Emma shows up to out. surprise uh, Dante, only like she's standing there as uh, Dante is professing his love to Becky. It's a really weird fucking moment. And she throws a fucking cake on it, and that's the last we see of uh, Schwabach. And, and, and she finds out that Becky's pregnant, too. Right. She finds it, and it all Cause, gets Because Jay, Jay is just like, hey, congratulations on the pregnancy. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, he takes the cake from her. He's like, here, hit that two time and fuck with this. Like, <laughs> Jay is such a great person. He just flies all over the place, and you don't hate him for it. Uh, so they get arrested. They're all sitting in a holding cell together. Um, uh, Randall's just being Randall. He's talking about fucking Star Wars and yeah. jail cell technology. Dante snaps, starts attacking them. They separate each other. Uh, he, they talk about how they're about to go to prison, and then that's when, uh, uh fucking, uh, I miss my the, donkey. yeah, the biker, <laughs> uh, the, the fucker of Kinky Kelly walks out and basically tells him, like, you're not going to jail, I'll probably get a fine and a lot of, a lot of nasty looks from bureaucrats who just can't handle sexual exploration. For, from, hey. interspe- from interspecies erotica. For interspecies erotica. And then he says he misses his donkey. So, uh, Randall and Dante have a back and forth about what their relationship has been this entire time. This is the whole point of the movie for me, and it's uh, one of those things where, like, I've had friends where it's just like, ah, this is, is this is what a friendship means to me. If you want to know what it's like to be a friend for me, go watch the end of this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's so fucking good. It is. It hits really hard, man, and it hits you right in the chest. And it cuts to the bone, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, the accusations are flying, mm-hmm. and... Fuck you, fuck you, I love you, I love, you know, and, like, that whole blurted it out, you know, mm-hmm. what the fuck would you do with your life? I'd buy the quick stop and reopen it myself! And they're like... Well, uh, one of the things that when they oh, shot man. that, they originally shot it as, um... Uh, Randall just blurted it out, like, he didn't even think about it. Yeah. And, uh, Jeff said, like, hey man, like, I'm not really feeling that delivery, but, like, here's my take on it, like... Randall's been thinking about this for a while yeah. and like his first opportunity to say it. So he's not second guessing himself. He's throwing this at, at Dante. He's like, this is what I would do. It's what we should have been doing this whole time. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's like, hey, man, why didn't we do that? Uh, and and, and uh, they, they, they come back to this whole universe building and it's just like, oh, we, we don't have the money to do that. And then Jay's like, we do. Yeah. We, yeah. You we, made 50 grand selling weed? No, oh, fuck. We had that movie made about no, us. No, we had a movie made about us uh, a couple years ago. We got that 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 blunt man and chronic money, and he says we'll give you the money uh, uh, under two conditions. First condition, we gets to hang out and sell in front of the stores. Done. Second conditions, you two has to fuck each other. It's glass to mouth. Go, and then you got to go ass to mouth. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, just the first condition. <laughs> the bit the bit I love about that is because Silent Bob doesn't give the explanation. No, he yeah. doesn't. He's just like. Because no, when they go into the prison, nobody knows where it's going. You, like, with a lot of these other ones, you could pred- kind of predict where yeah, it's right. But at this point, you, you didn't know where they were going with us. Mm-mm. And Silent Bob going, I, I, I got, got nothing. nothing. That, may, that may have been, like, Kevin Smith, like, he, he was writing it or something in his house one night. And he's like, okay, this is where... Silent Bob gives his uh, big heartfelt speech and saves the day. Yeah, yeah, he imparts his wisdom on everyone. And then he gets to it, and he's like... Just hit him with the fucking Star Wars quote. These are, These are not, not the droids, droids you're looking for. Yeah. I, mean, just, I love you know. that. They really should have left that part in the movie. Like, I got nothing, but the I got nothing works so well. And then he has the whole line about uh, it was like, man, you got one answer for everything. It's pussy, man. 
Uh, and then and, it goes into the fact that he... Um, so, uh, and then uh, Dante and Randall wrap up and, and kiss and make up and they buy the quick stop and everyone lives happily ever after. And everything's tied up in a neat little right? package. And it and it fades out on Soul Asylum. Yep. Misery. They say misery loves company. We can have something and make misery. Bazooka. Um, yes. <laughs> Why didn't we talk about Berserker? Yeah, that's a fucking classic moment. Anyways, yeah, that's 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 the cl- that is one of the classic moments. You know, the, the Berserker. Whole, I love for Dude. you is like a truck Berserker. Uh, Do you yeah. metal face? Olaf metal. <laughs> did he say making fuck? Yes. Yes. He so, did. um, that wrapped up the View Askew universe in a nice little bow. Uh, it started with Dante and Randall in the quick stop. It ended with Dante and Randall in the quick stop. Pullback shot to pan down his mom and Kevin Smith's mom in a tracksuit yep. looking at dates on fucking gallons of milk. Just, just kind of fucking. We have gone full circle. George fucking Lucas would be fucking proud of those full circles we just made. Uh, but yeah, six and, great movies. Yeah, six really great movies. Six. Six uh, good movies on average, a couple of great ones. We'll say Clerks is great, Dogma is great. Three great movies, one good movie. Two okay movies. Two all right movies. Two all right movies. Yeah, we'll go with that one. All right. So, uh, but, uh, and then poor Kevin Smith. He got, his fame got bigger than his art. So, yeah. uh, you know, we we got Red State, we got Cop Out, we got... Yoga Hoses. Yoga Hoses. <laughs> And now he's working on a Jay and Silent Bob remake, and I couldn't give a fuck less. I really can't. I just don't have the Jay, heart to it. Jay and Silent Bob are 45 now. Yeah, that's why they're doing a remake. Uh, I, I don't, like... First, like, you want to do a Jay and Silent Bob remake? First of all, fuck you, man. They're the side characters. Do yeah. a Clerks remake. If you want to really do it, give me something... G- give me a Clerks. Give well, me... see, the, he wanted to do Clerks, right? This is, this is the timeline the last couple of years. He wanted to do Clerks. Mm-hmm. Clerks 3. He wrote it because everybody was involved, and then after reading the script, one of the four main characters pulled out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether it was uh, Muse, which I doubt, mm-hmm. Brian O'Halloran, or uh, Jeff Anderson. And as I'm we spoke sure about it, it's probably Anderson. Jeff Anderson. Allegedly. I don't want to get sued here, people. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So then he said, you know what, I'm going to make a Mallrats series. Which didn't get picked up. Well, not only that, he realized he couldn't do it. Because even though Miramax made Mallrats, mm-hmm. it was distributed by either Paramount or Universal. I'm, okay, not, sure, so I'm not sure which one, which one it was. Basically, he doesn't have the rights to it. He doesn't have the rights to it. Okay. So, well, and then he went, right, okay, well, I do have the rights to Jane Silent Bob. Fuck it. I have been screaming this. Where the fuck is my Clerks animated movie? Yeah. I The Clerks animated TV show was incredibly funny to me, and it happened to come out around the same time when Family Guy had it first, yeah. had it first run, and Family Guy got fucking canceled, and so did Clerks. Why can't we bring Clerks back? Why can't we do something like that? I don't know. If he's written the script for Clerks 3... Just, just make animate? it animated. Yeah. Get Jim Brewer to come out there and play the Randall part if Jeff Anderson doesn't want to do it. Did you ever watch the failed uh, Clerks live-action sitcom pilot? I didn't. Don't. Fucking weird, man. <laughs> but uh, Jim Brewer is uh, playing Randall. Well, you know who they should get to play Randall? Huh. Sarah Silverman. Yeah, no, she's, that'd be cool she's, with that. She said that uh, she was going to do... She said that she didn't want to be Becky mm-hmm. in Clicks 2 because she was off of the part. 
She said she didn't want to be Becky. She didn't want to be Amber. She didn't want to be the girlfriend. She's yeah. She was trying. She at that point she was trying to get her career to do something else. She was trying to play the girlfriend. But if Randall pulls out and you want to give him a sex change, mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know. So I would. I would. If Kevin Smith is listening to this, remake Clerks and put Sarah Silverman in the Randall role. You know, I'll uh, I'll tag him when I yeah. Come please do this. Yes. All right. So with that in mind, guys, we will be uh, right back here on it, and we got a few more things to talk about before we get out of here. Alright guys, we are almost done for this week. Um, so guys, if you're on Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look up Because Maybe Pod, look up our blog, uh, go to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search Because Maybe Podcast. If you have any business inquiries, send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Do you have anything going on, man? Sure, you can come see The Holodex, your 90s music experience, your premier 90s music experience, right. uh, January 4th at the Horseshoe River Dome. Uh, tickets are available uh, somewhere. I'm <laughs> sure you can find it. I'm not that kind of thing. Uh, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at uh, Benjamin Tynan. That's uh, Benjamin Tynan. Figure out how to fucking spell it. <laughs> I'll put that in the description. Yeah, put that in there, at Benjamin Tynan. And uh, 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 if you uh, want to play uh, Xbox games with me, you can play with me on my gamer handle, which is uh, Poke Chops and FEMA. That is P-O-K-E-C-H-O-P-S-N-F-E-M-A. Yeah, Poke Chops go. and FEMA. There you go, man. All right. And like I said, we put all that information in the description of the podcast. And, you know, it's great to have you all, man. Again, open invitation. And uh, next week's episode, I'm actually going to be flying solo. Uh, I've only done one of these this season. It was a bit of a rant this time. I'm going to actually do a proper episode. Be covering the Muppet Christmas Carol, my favorite uh, movie. So. Marley and Marley. Yeah, right. Um. That starts off our series of holiday movie reviews, because why not? I work at, look, I work at marketing, right? And I've listened to Christmas music pretty much every day since fucking October. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm review Home Alone, Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, Four Rooms, because that's the only New Year movie I can think of. Call me whenever you do Gremlins or Die Hard. There you go. <laughs> Those aren't 90s movies. Never mind. They uh, might go on the Right Here, Right Now series. I don't know yet. Okay. I'm still figuring that out, by the way, people. So just give me give me a little bit. <laughs> All right. So, guys, that's it for this week. Hope you have a fantastic time. Check out Ben. Check out the Holodex. Check us out. And we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Hey kids, it's Mark Hamill applause! <laughs> guys and dolls, we're just a bunch of crazy guys and dolls. Be a Jedi tonight. Just be a Jedi tonight. Do it for Yoda while we serve our guests a soda. 